Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to episode 46 of Ask Alika. Jason. Hey, back again. Back. All right, so Beth is still away. Uh, and in her place, I have with me a worthy companion, mm-hmm. Jason Steele, who has been on the podcast before. So welcome back. Thanks. Jason. Okay, mate. Um, oh, by the way, I've got a croaky voice today, so you're going to have to put up with that. Um, actually, I like this voice. I wish on the was, mend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish it was my natural voice. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today, mate? Uh, influencer marketing. Picking up influencer on... Marketing. Touched on it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago. It's a topic close to our hearts because mm. Jason is a pretty big local influencer in the B2C space. Yeah, 20,000 plus Instagram followers and, you know, brands reach out to Jason to promote their products. And um, I really want to talk to Jason about his story and his tips on how to how to be an influencer or if you're a business, how do you use influencers to pr- promote your products? So, I really want to talk to Jason about that and I think that'll help, you know, you guys out there who are interested and I want to talk about, we want to talk about B2B influencer marketing as well, which is the space that I personally am in. I do a lot on LinkedIn and have heaps of success with B2B influencer marketing. So, you've got a bit of best, best of both worlds today. So, Jason, who would or why would a brand use influencer marketing? Mm, it's like a, it's new, but it's not new at the same time. Just a way to extend your like reach and awareness. Yep. So, my favorite thing for influencer marketing is you get like a different view of a product or a service as opposed to like remarketing ads where it's always like the same old style content. Influencer marketing is a lot more unique and targeted to like the influencer's audience. Yeah. 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 Now, tell us, before we go further, actually, I want everyone to hear your story. How did you get started with your Instagram posting? How did you get so big? Especially like Perth influencers, you know, like if you're over 20,000 for a Perth influencer, you're big. You in, so? in Sydney or whatever. What was that? You think so? Well, I think well, so. Like Perth is a small market. I think Sydney and all that, they, you know, they can get big numbers because the volume's so big over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Like. Debate me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I value it as much as everyone else does, like on a numbers side. Yeah. I just look at it and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's nice. Yeah. But you're yeah. getting good, good engagement as well. Yeah. Um, that's what one thing that people tell me all the time is I get really good engagement. Yeah. And then when I compare it to other accounts, I definitely agree. Yeah. And you reply to people. Mm. Like you actually take the time to like or reply to their mm-hmm. comments. Yeah. I think that's just like a bit of a nicer touch. Like if people want to spend the time paying attention to me, then I'll just do the same. Yeah. It's yeah. nice, but it helps. And I think when brands see that, it's more effective. Yeah. I think it's more valuable as well. Yeah, it is. Got, it's not like a stale connection. You know what I mean? Like it's a bit more friendly and like people can ask me, like I had some girl email over the weekend asking if I can look at her Instagram and give her tips, which I will do. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but by the time this goes live, I would have done it. Yeah, you'll do it in September. Yeah. Um, so, like, tell us your story. When did it start? What year did it start? Um, I think the first post I ever did, the more I'm on this podcast, you'll learn that I am obsessively, like, aware of dates. So, the first post I did was Boxing Day 2011, and it was right. of an espresso machine. So, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I just never, it was always just fun and it didn't like take off overnight or anything. It was probably the last 12 months, mm, yeah. 12, 18 months that things started getting like more interesting and consistent, which is then when it just like 
start like wildfire. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but it was all just like from starting from fun, I would get excited when you would get like 11 likes and it would change from like a list of people liking your post to like the numbers. And that's when you're like, mm, I've made it. Wow. Was there like a tipping point? Um, something accelerated? I noticed a few years ago when I put up a picture of some Christmas presents I wrapped, it got like a hundred likes and I was like, well, that's so weird. And then that I was like, oh, I wonder if I can do that again and again and again. And then I just tried and tried and tried and figured out what content was working, right. what content wasn't working. Right. So, and so it was good. They were, it was good wrapping. I remember a really good Christmas present wrapping. <laughs> so, so Christmas wrapping, wow. Yeah. yeah. There's a tip for you. Yeah. Take some pictures of, of mm-hmm. Christmas wrapping. So how, how do brands approach you? Like when did this start happening? I think my first collaboration was probably a year ago and it was oh, my first like proper collaboration because to get to a point where I was um, able to collaborate with brands, I was collaborating with people rather than companies. And then like a men's skincare brand reached out through DM and pretty much everything's like a DM yeah. or starts from a comment. Um, and then from there, like it opens the door, especially like because my, I don't always look in my DMs like, if I'm not following someone and they message you, it goes into like an other sort of right. junk folder. And by the way, for those that don't know, DM is a direct message mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, people send a message that maybe will leave a comment saying, hey, I sent you a message and then that will prompt me to go look. Other than that, I don't really check them. Because yeah. if I'm like Instagram's not really a place for me to message people. That's what like Facebook or texting is for. And if I'm close enough to that yeah. person, I would have heard from them. So, I'm not really a DM checker. And do they, do they pay for your... Um, promotion? Uh, generally, yes. Um, there's yeah, like, If we're being bluntly honest, which we always are, I won't really do anything at no cost just because yeah, it takes a lot of time. And Why would you? Yeah, like if they're making sales out of it, it's only fair. Unless like I've reached out to a brand and like I really like their product, then, well, I have to like their product to do it anyway. That's like a moral thing. But if I mean to do like collaboration for free, I would like happily do it if I'm in love with a product. Like if Apple's like, hey, we'll give you an iPhone. I'm like, mm, yeah, I'll do that one for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that's good. And how do you price it? Like, do you look around? Do you talk to people? Do you just... You just know, from experience, because um, working... Before I worked here, I worked in influencer marketing for another brand. So yeah. I was exposed to a lot of like the costing um, yeah. stuff. And then from that, I kind of just go by what's fair and, you know... I, I don't really like influencers that say I have a fixed rate of this yeah. because case by case. Um, for me anyway, Instagram is just like a side hustle. My main job is a lot steadier. So I know I'm always going to get a paycheck. Whereas Instagram's like, if I'm desperate for cash, I'll probably get it a little bit cheaper, but it also depends on the brand. Like if they're just starting out and I think they're really cool, like, Hey, I'll just give you a shot and you just give me whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if it's a like well-established brand, like when I've just worked with, that's when I'm a bit more firm. Cause I will say, Hey, look, this like what you're asking for is a lot more like curated and specific. It's going to take a lot more time. Um, so therefore it's going to cost a, like what you would call like an industry standard rate. Yeah. Wow. And, and then give us some of the names that you've worked with before. If, if it's okay. Yeah. Uh, well I did well, pretty easy. Just look at my Instagram. So I worked for John Hughes doing the car yeah. collaboration. Sold him a car. Uh-huh. Yep. At they sold one. a car, which was cool. Um, who else was there? I can't even think I've gone blank. The food one. Oh, yeah, U Foods. Oh, and no, I worked for Subway. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, K brand, I think it was called Parker for Men. Yeah. Another one called Bioskin, just in the last couple of months. Beauty. There's been a lot. Like, yeah. I know. 
And a lot of them are, yeah, a lot just through stories, not necessarily posts. So it's hard to remember them because you can't see them in my feed. Okay. And what have your biggest success stories been? Definitely the selling a car for John Hughes. That was like so unexpected. And that would have made up more than what they paid, like way more than what they paid. It's a whole car. Mm, Safe to say, yeah. (laughs) At least one. Yeah, for sure. That's the one we know about. Yeah. Um, So the story there is when... Um, John Hughes came to pick the car up from me after I had it. They said someone called on, I took it Thursday through Tuesday or Thursday through Monday. Uh-huh. Someone called on the Saturday and was like, hey, I want to buy the car that Jason's driving. That's unreal. So then they picked it up that week. It was just nuts. <coughs> and I was crossing my fingers that they'd at least get some leads, but I never in my wildest dreams thought they would get sell a whole that's, car. That is so cool. Yeah. And, uh, okay, now that's really cool. So for those businesses out there, I really believe that, you know, influencer marketing I think is an underpriced uh, digital marketing channel undervalued undervalued mm. and no, yeah not under, undervalued and also like we pay for seo people pay for seo people pay for adwords people pay for pay-per-click but not many people are really paying for influencer marketing yeah i just think it's an awareness thing though because it's hard to yeah for like any business that's not done it before it's hard to like measure the results or know what's a fair price or what am I actually yeah. getting out of this? Am I just paying someone a hundred or 200 or $300 or more yeah. just to post a picture with like my product? Is that, where's the value for that? At least like with yeah. remarketing ads or whatever, you can track it. It's easier to track. It's harder to track influencer marketing, but if it works, you know about it. Yeah, I guess so because they wouldn't necessarily click on a link from your Instagram and then go to the product. Can do. Yeah. Well, that um, you could track. Yeah. Well, like with a story post, for example, um, yeah, if like I'm selling a direct product, I always put a link behind the story so people can swipe up and like, I don't create those links. That's all given to me by the brand. So if they tag that link, they're going to be able to track it in their analytics. Yeah. Nice. Um, But if you also have a proactive influencer working for you, like myself, after every collaboration, I always put like a little report together from all the stats and stuff because I can also see in the back end of my Instagram like how many people, what your impressions were, what your reach was, what the engagement was, what the link clicks were. So I can send that through to, well, I do send it through to each brand after anyway, just as oh, showing yeah. what the value was. So then they'll come back to me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, so what's the key to your collaborations? Like you've done some successful collaborations, but what, you know, how? Mm. Um, well, for me, I guess it's kind of like a business having its values, like my values on Instagram. Uh, I need to like the product. Um, and give it a try before I like I won't just take your teeth white and you'll be like oh best thing ever and then two weeks later I take another one like mm, this one's even better I'll give it a yeah. go make sure that I like it first before I actually agree you're to not it. going to push the, push things that you don't really like no and I think like people that want to do that go for it but it's not going to be as sustainable as actually like valuing a product yeah um and then yeah once I've tried it or once I know about it and I know like yep you know this is a match then I'll produce like quality content, not just, you know, a picture of it sitting here like, oh, this Woolworth water is the most hydrating water I've ever had in my life. I'll actually talk about it properly and, you know, represent it in a way that suits my style so it doesn't look out of place, yeah. but also, you know, hits the requirements of what the brand gives me. And do you, um, yeah, no, that, that's good. So do you, do you have often have much control over your creative? 50-50. Um, the ones that I find like smaller brands want more control, whereas bigger brands are a little bit more flexible, flexible because I think they appreciate, they obviously would have 
like dabbled in influencer marketing before so they can appreciate, you know, the more authentic, authentic. the content is, the better reward they, or return they're going to get. Yeah. Smaller brands, because they're paying the money, I think they want to get the most out of it so they try to control it. Like I worked with a company before and they wanted me to take a picture of their product <coughs> with me wearing a suit and I was like, mm, look, it's just not going to be authentic. Like, I'm not first a suit of all, guy. yeah, no one's going to whiten their teeth wearing a suit. And second of all, I uh, don't have a suit. So, <laughs> you know, like streetwear, something cool I can wear. Yeah. But, like, realistically, if someone's whitening their teeth, they're not going to wear anything expensive yeah. because you're going to potentially damage it. So that's where you've got to negotiate. And, you know, sometimes they won't move and you'll either lose it, which is fine because for me, it's not authentic and I don't want to post it. Or, you know, if they are happy to negotiate, to some sort of middle ground then we'll just work with it yeah yeah and, and do you reach out to brands much um sometimes if i really like what they're doing i reach out um but that's more it's not like i won't reach out to be like hey zion like alika looks amazing i'd love to collab with you just to make some fast cash yeah like i'd have to really appreciate what you're doing and see a value behind it to sort of enrich my life to then pass it on to other people yeah yeah because again it just goes back to product pushing and i want this to be a sustainable platform, yeah. not for the just lo- and for the under. long term as well. Yeah, for the quick, yeah, you know, yeah. quick money grab. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some tips. Like, if somebody, let's talk about if somebody wants to become an influencer. Mm. You know, what are your tips? How do they start? What do they do? Um, post good quality content. So figure out, you know, what you want to post about. If you're a chef, don't post about clothes. If you're a stylist, don't post about food. You know what I mean? Like find your sort of trend that people are going to follow you. Like what story do people want to listen to that you're going to tell them, (coughs) which is easier said than done because sometimes I look at my Instagram like, holy moly, like I don't know what I'm posting is actually telling a story. It's kind of just a lifestyle page. Um, But try not to stray from it. Like I know, for example, if I post a picture of food, it's not going to go very well, but at the end of the day, it's my Instagram. It's about my life. So that's, it's still relevant, but yeah, find a trend and, Oh, find a theme and try stick to it and post imagery that's really clear. So if Instagram's algorithms hate images that are really dark or underexposed, blurry, like low quality, yeah. the better Instagram isn't really like Facebook where Facebook will sort of compress every image to make it a little bit less quality. Instagram does that, but not as bad. So you can still zoom in on an Instagram picture and see the like wrinkles under someone's eyes, whereas Facebook it's too blurry. So the better quality image you've got, the better it's going to be. Experiment with your posting times to see what time of day is going to be better for you. You know, weekends sometimes are not as good as weeknights, all that sort of stuff. So if you really want your Instagram to take off, high quality images, try posting at strong times and, you know, give people a call to action. So if you're saying, if you're a chef and you just made this amazing cake, talk about it like oh i just made this amazing cake what flavor do you think it is ask people a question get them to comment because the more comments and likes you get boost your engagement so instagram recognizes it as better quality content pushes up the feed and then you'll go up the feed you'll be easier to yeah. find gotcha that's why yeah. engagement is so important mm. um and obviously how I mean, how often should someone post if they're in the b2b b2c space tough one like i've gone through phases of posting every day for a couple of weeks and then once a week to once every fortnight to then back to once a week. It's a tough roller coaster. Like you've got to find something that's sustainable. At the moment I'm in the realm of like two, one to three posts a week. Like two is safe. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's one. I see. But that seems to be 
uh, more sustainable for me for what I want to be pushing out there. And it also, it, the more you fluctuate your posting times, the more your engagement's going to fluctuate. So when I was posting right. seven days a week, uh, my engagement was steadily high. But then once that dropped off, because it dropped off all of a sudden and didn't just gradually die or fizzle out, right. dropped off all of a sudden to say once or twice a week, those posts once or twice a week initially were still quite high engagement, but eventually they went down. Then trying to right. post more frequently was harder to get better engagement, so those posts looked really low. So you've got to find something sustainable. So, so being consistent is important. Because yeah. is it because of the user that they have to they get used to a certain amount of posting, or is it because of Instagram? I think it's they? both. Right. Um, so users get used to seeing you once a day, for example, <coughs> and then once you stop posting, they could actively be searching for you, and you have got no content to engage with. So therefore, your account's not being engaged with as much as it was. A week ago, so Instagram's like, oh, this person's boring, so we're going to push them down the feed. Then when you try to get back up there and you push and push and push and push, people start seeing you again, but you're not in front of as many eyes because Instagram ranked you lower. So you've got to start posting so much content to get yourself back up there. Wow. Then once you're up there, mild marathon that was, you need to sustain it. Wow. Yeah. So really consistency is key. Yeah. Try to be consistent. What about uh, hashtags? What's your hashtag strategy? For me, uh, I'm trying to be less generic. So for the last six months or so, yep. I've changed. I've been speaking to like other influencers and people in Perth that know a lot more, or not a lot more than me, but a lot more in different areas and trying to diversify. So at the moment, I'm focusing on a lot of Perth things because I want to start getting into like Perth events in front of Perth people a lot more. Mm. Um, and then also relevant. So if I'm posting something about what I'm wearing rather than just tagging the brand and calling it a day, tagging lots of smaller time Perth agencies or like Perth fashion houses, things like that to get in front of them, to interest them. So in the past, my strategy was the bigger, the better account, like with accounts and hashtags I would mention, but now it's actually the smaller, the better, which I never thought would really be that interesting. Niche niche hashtags. Yeah. And how many hashtags would you use? Mm, as many as I can, I generally, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Yeah, because more is good. Yeah, in my phone, I text myself my hashtags every time I post. Yeah. So then I can go back. Next time I'm posting a picture similar, I'll go find yeah. that last post in my feed and say, oh, cool, that was 21st of April. I'll find my text that's in my phone from the 21st of April <laughs> to find that bunch of hashtags I used, copy them, use them again, edit them a little bit, send it to myself in a text. Gotcha. I've got it saved, post it again. Yep. Repeat. So I agree with you. A lot of hashtags, 15 or 20 even if you can, mm. but um, local ones. Yeah. Because you're targeting, if you're targeting local people, Perth, XYZ, Perth, mm. this and that, using the word Perth, WA, yeah. like it, love yeah. it. Yeah. And you can use up to 30 hashtags. So I try to use as many as I can. Yeah, like I agree with that strategy. Because that's yeah. how Instagram finds people. Yeah, exactly. That's how you find people through yeah. hashtags. And if you're using an influencer, and their account is set to a business <coughs> account, you can ask for their insights. So you can actually oh. see like what percentage is where, how, what percentage is English speaking, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, you can really... <laughs> Mind blank. Gone. That's all good. Yeah, you can see the insights. And, oh, that's what I was going to say. On each post, you can see how many people saw your post from right. your feed or their homepage or the explore page or from hashtags, people oh, that were following you, people okay. that weren't following you. All that stuff. So, so you can break it down really clearly to see wow. yeah, if no, these hashtags worked, point. if they didn't. You can also see like on each post how many people followed, <coughs> followed you. 
So uh, because I post like two, three times a week, uh, I'm averaging about a thousand followers a month yeah. in growth, give or take. Okay. Each like post I post is about 20 or so follows. Yeah. And, you know, the more targeted my hashtags are, it's a bit lower, but the people that follow me then are more targeted, so they're more valuable. Yeah, that's that's awesome. There's no point having all these Spanish people following you if you're if you're working with brands that are in Perth. Mm, si, senor. So be, yeah, <laughs> so be niche. Hashtag yeah. Si, senor. Um, okay, now let's talk about businesses. Now, if they want to use influencers, what industries are the best for influencer for influencer marketing? Influencer marketing? Um, we're on a roll today, aren't we? <laughs> Mind blank. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied. Um, I would say like e-com, things you can measure. So I like to work with e-com companies because they'll see the value in me because they can direct, hey, go buy this. So you can link them directly to the website. They can make a sale and you can measure that instantly. Gotcha. Um, other than that, local businesses are good because you can drive traffic there. So it's measurable. Essentially, any business can do it. It just depends on what your goal is. Like if you you want to... If your goal is to get like 20 leads from one influencer marketing campaign, it's not pr- probably not realistic. Yeah. But if you want to change that to 20 extra followers or something like that, if the influencer has a targeted audience that's well aligned with your goal, like Perth business wanting Perth followers and you get 20 followers, perfect. So there's no business that it's not suited for, but you just need to find the right way to deliver your message and achieve your goal. Yeah, gotcha. Which is where if you've got a good influencer that's also a content creator like myself, they're going to be able to, you know, put a strategy together and make that happen. Yep. And how do they get started? Like, what's the best way for a business to reach out to influencers and start? Just find me and I'll make it happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would figure out what you want to achieve. So, is it sales? Is it followers? Is it exposure? Is it reach? Mm. And then just search like Perth. Generally, like the best hashtag that everyone in Perth uses is Perth is okay. So, you know, if you're, a, if you're an influencer looking for brands or if you're a brand looking for influencers, I would use that hashtag. There's also an account, Perth is okay, um, uh, okay. that does a little bit of B2B or like they shout out businesses and things. So you have to pay you that, but that's just, again, influencer marketing. Um, but yeah, if you're trying to find Perth people, Perth is okay. Look there. And, you know, if you're engaging with someone with 5,000 followers or less, or even like borderline 10,000 followers or less, I personally wouldn't pay them. Yep. Yeah. But because they'll be so excited to ha- have a collaboration going, they'll probably want to do it for free. And if they <laughs> have 10,000 followers and 40 likes, there's a problem. Yeah. Engagement. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Okay. So, look for engagement. So, look, yes, look for numbers, but also look for engagement. Yeah. Engagement's important. And you don't just want emojis. Do you want people saying, hey, that's a cool jumper or wow, you've got a great smile. Cool haircut, those sorts of things where people are trying to, you know, actually give something valuable back to you, not just like an emoji with love heart eyes. I see. Because you can also pay for that. People can buy likes and they can buy comments. Yeah. And the you can't buy personalized comments, you can buy like emojis and spam comments. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, for those wanting to, you know, find influencers, hashtag Perth is okay, search and also search for hashtags, you know, if you're a gym or whatever. Mm. and you're looking for complementary health uh, businesses in your area, then search for Subiaco health businesses in Instagram itself. Or, yeah. You know, Even Facebook. like check out, like let's say Revo Fitness or mm. Lord's Gym and you want to work with similar brands, generally influencers will tag similar businesses in their pictures if they're trying to get the interest. 
Um, so if you're looking tagged photos of businesses, you'll generally like sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the time it does find some influencers that have tagged these businesses just to get exposure. And that's how you can find them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Jason, we've run out of time. I could go on for another half an hour. That was fantastic. Um, <laughs> We don't have time to talk about my B2B influencer marketing stuff today, but cool. you know what? We're going to make it a two-part yeah. two podcast. We'll Done. do that another time. Next week, maybe. Today, B2C influencer marketing tips, some gold nuggets in there from a guy who's actually done it and actually is doing it, not some so-called guru who doesn't mm. know what he's talking about, just trying to impress people. Jason's done it. He's doing it. He knows it. Does it for us as well. Uh, and look, stay tuned for the next episode where I'm going to talk about B2B influencer marketing. And yeah, have a great week. Thanks for that, Jason. Anytime. Bye.